Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast for the recently deceased. I'm Nate Roberts. I'm Rodney Godek. And <laughs> welcome to episode 20. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is a milestone for us. And um, we, <laughs> we we unfortunately picked two uh, heavy, controversial uh, Sundance official selections. Like uh, we, you know, right. we, thought, we thought they'd be good, uh, a good pair anyway. Um, and I it's funny that you were. have your your X shirt on because yeah. I if I had I worn mine, it would have been XX for twenty, uh, <laughs> oh, and also would have been representative of uh, what they would give these if they were on a uh, reality game show, talent <laughs> show hosted <laughs> on the television. There'd be two X's on these fucking films. Uh, films. Uh, so look, I I was excited. I think we whenever we even talked about it last week, you had mentioned it uh, on last week's stream, didn't you? That we were going to be doing this. Did, yeah. Or did, was, did we? Yeah. Yeah, I think we picked these. Uh, before or maybe it was after the fact. It might have been right after, but we definitely posted yeah. pretty pretty quickly. Pretty early. Yeah. yeah. And I was kind of pumped because I remember you won't be alone. I was like, oh, Numi, horror drama, Pierre piece, exciting. And then we're all going to the to the World's Fair had hype, uh, rave critic reviews. And I was like, cool. I didn't look into either of them and I was very excited. And in this line of, uh, wait, this isn't a line of work, uh, in this line of, uh, leisure activity, uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's with it inherent <laughs> risk that one takes when you're approaching, uh, art forms and films uh, of this nature. And so I think that overall this, I think for both of us, the expectations, uh, reality did not live up to the expectations of what we wanted to get out of these films for each of us. Is that fair? Yeah, that's, that's a fair statement because I definitely <clears throat> liked one um, a little more than you did. Uh, I think we're both going to poo-poo on the other one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely had high hopes for both films, um, especially the new me, uh, repaid mm-hmm. movie, uh, You Won't Be Alone. Um, and, and I think before we even get started talking about the movies individually, we can, we can definitely say that both of these films are definitely being miscategorized as horror. Correct. Um, you know, they're, they're... I guess you could technically call them elevated horror, in, or uh, that's 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 the uh, uh, that's the sub sub genre they're trying to sneak into, with the word horror being associated with these films. I honestly think they're tacking that word on there just to uh, just to appeal to a broader audience. Uh, you know, the only horror you get out of um, out of which is bit. insane of an idea because typically if you want something to not get attention or any awareness you attach horror to it because everyone's like right. oh fuck that no right well you know that that uh <clears throat> that that spreadsheet you showed me with uh with what's going on in the film industry <clears throat> like horror is like oh one right of the, one of the few <clears throat> yeah, growth markets right now yeah um, yeah that's fair so you won't but be able i to... agree both of these are very dramatically filmed and narr- narratives or stories. And so the horror elements are sort of a set dressing or an environment for a dramatic right. story to be told. And that is not characteristically what we want to be talking about or discussing or getting into. 
clearly when we're getting hyped and pumped and talking about, you know, Scream franchise and Chainsaw and Halloween and all that, it's not that we are uh, basic bro Halloween guys. It's just that that those are films that you're you should be having fun and should be a pleasant viewing experience because of its what it does with the genre and the tropes that exist in the genre, how it dabbles or plays with it. There's certain criteria that we look for in those films, and these films will not really get into hardly any of it. And in fact, the one that we're gonna be both probably more into overall has the elements that it takes from horror we are really into and did like i think oh so. absolutely yeah we're going to talk about world's fair first but when we talk about uh you won't be alone um i mean this this was a great movie it was not a great horror movie <laughs> but it was a it was a very good movie um you know and why we'll get to in a moment but let's uh let's first start with uh we're all going to the world's fair um, and we're all going to remind you, uh, please like and subscribe. Smash that bell button for <laughs> notifications on all future episodes. And, of course, as always, uh, these are uh, riddled with spoilers of the films. And so if you would like, watch these beforehand. Uh, but I would suggest in this special episode, let us save you the trouble of wasting <laughs> your fucking time. And just listen to us bitch about these movies and don't watch them <laughs> we're all going to the world's fair written and directed by jane schoenbrunn schoenbrunn hopefully i pronounced that correctly alone in her attic bedroom teenager casey becomes immersed in an online role-playing horror game wherein she begins to document the changes that may or may not be happening to her um i would give this a fair uh, description i would also say that it's it's also not good. Like it's it's a fair description uh-huh. of the movie, but it's not a good description of the movie. They, they well, could've... it's that sort of like uh, ambivalence that it has. Uh, sort of comes through in the film itself, where for me it's like we're not really sure what you should think or feel, and I'm not really gonna help you as a film. I'm not gonna necessarily lead you to water uh, or teach you how to fish. it's like it's it's i feel like it characterizes the feelings that i got after watching the film right that it's it's sort of it's not fully committed one way or the other oh may or may not be happening question mark shrug may or may or may not be a good movie uh okay uh honorable mention uh anna cobb excellent performance in the role of casey um, you were the best part about this movie. Uh, great job. Yeah, this uh, movie needed a strong lead or protagonist because the majority of this film takes place with this character going through the events. Um, and it's not as if it's a monologue, but there's very limited scope as far as the uh, <laughs> the devices that the film uses to convey the story. This is part found footage, part uh, narrative film, yeah, uh, it, where it, 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 traditional it kinda... devices are implied. So it's it's it breaks those walls. It goes from one to the other, and it 
that how did you feel about that in general going from found footage to not because it, a lot of people say that you know for found footage films to work it needs to make sense that the footage is discovered and then someone assembles it in a certain order that they wouldn't have if you just hit play on whatever they find it on so it's like you know there's that editor's hand whereas some found footage is just straight randomness you know right so so i don't i don't consider this found footage at all i think um they were just using the pov of her video filming herself as the narrative camera choice mm-hmm. and then of course you have the videos that she watches and you're just watching the videos with her um and then for the rest of the time it's in third person or or whatever you want to call it um so right for, where the, for, you're for seeing me, shots of the yeah, same for, for me because of the 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 way chrono- chronologically the way the movie did move from beginning to end and it didn't jump around there were no flashbacks no side swipes nothing like that i just I just took it as red. I didn't consider it found footage at all, and um, and I think it was fine. In fact, right in the beginning, when she does that first video, and it and it cuts to the, I think it's like a like a oh no, advanced auto parts. Oh sure. Uh, yeah, I'm like I'm like oh thank God, thank God this whole movie isn't her in front of. Me. Oh, isn't like, gonna be oh, right, but it kind of is too. Uh, so that's a good point. Um, so. For me, the the breaking of those elements, it seems like it was a necessary uh, way in which to tell the story with and to live in the environment and to be about that environment because it's about online uh, role-playing uh, horror game and how this character is interacting with the world, how they're seeing the world. It's heavily in this environment that we are in doing this podcast. Uh, sure. And so I think that that's a very uh, necessary or intelligent choice to kind of live within that environment and just to accept it and to tell the story in that kind of way. The trouble with it, though, is that it's very uh, it's very boring or restrictive to what you can communicate or convey because it's so broken down and stripped down to just like the simplicity of what's going on behind me right now. Like I, yeah. we have set dressings to make this get distracted and have fun with some of the bullshit that's around us. Cause it's kind of like little eye candy distractions. Yeah. This film doesn't give a fuck about that. <laughs> right. Right. So like, like we were saying um, before we started, um, I tried to uh, watch the scenery as often as possible for Easter eggs and clues and um, even the end scene, I watched a second time just to see if I could glean anything, and and there was nothing. Um, right. You you literally can just stare at the actor on the screen the entire time because there there are no clues, there are no Easter eggs. Um, you know. Well, and that's funny too. This whole, almost this whole thing you could just listen to as an audio book. Uh, and not see any imagery on the screen because I don't think it really does a whole lot one way or the other to uh, it's it's and that's what I think is ultimately most frustrating it's not using film as a device in which to strengthen the the impact of the story that it's telling to me there's not enough directorial uh, authorship with it's that's a disingenuous thing for me to say because clearly What's presented was intended to look the way it looks, correct? Right. Sure. There's uh, budget restraints, 
clearly, right. Um, right. because it is in the very low budget. Um, so they wanted it to look the way that they wanted it to look. Um, it's just that I think they're using it as not necessarily a cop-out, but it existing and looking the way it does gives them the license to not care about some things that uh, a different kind of film would need to care about and put relevance in the stuff. Like you said, you can't glean things from the environment. Um, and you should be able to, I would hope that the director or, or who's making the film would want to put things like in there to help strengthen the art of right. the movie. And this is so lacking of that, that it makes it very difficult to get into or absorbed or immersed into the story of what's happening. And yeah, I let's, just let's, like it because of that for, you know, let's it, give the, it's hard to get into. Let's give the listener a little bit more of a frame of reference here. So what happens in the beginning is there's this um, online something. So so I didn't know it like was a, a challenge. They call it an online role-playing horror game in the description. I didn't read the description before I watched the movies. I tried to watch these movies completely blank. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know what's happening. So when she says it's a World's Fair challenge, I'm like, oh, okay, so it's like a Bloody Mary or a Candyman kind of situation. Exactly right. Yeah. Right. So that's my my start with the movie is like, oh, I'm in I'm in this paranormal headspace right away. Um, she says, uh, I want to go to the World's Fair three times. She pricks her finger, wipes the blood on the monitor, and um, oh, watches this video, a bunch of flashing lights. Mm-hmm. And according sort of to, like The Ring meets Candyman meets Bloody Mary. Meets Bloody Mary, yeah. So it's all of that bullshit. Something is going to change. She's going to start to change because she watched the video, and she's encouraged to post her changes in video form, and that's and that's basically what what happens. So we get to see her watch other people's videos as they start to change after doing their World's Fair challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Some guy's got growing green stuff on his arm. He pulls uh he pulls a bunch of tickets, like a ring of tickets out of a Yeah. you know. Uh and then Yeah, out of a slit in his arm. It's like okay. a, he's picking at the scab and then all of a sudden it like it releases and he pulls out admit one admission yeah. tickets to like a movie theater and just comes out of his arm like a like a reel of tape. The other guy, one of the guys is a fit guy on a treadmill thing and the title of the uh of his of his YouTube video is uh, I can't feel my body. I can't feel my and body. So, he's slapping himself. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's punching and slapping himself while he's on the treadmill. Yeah. And then the other girl that she watches is I'm turning into plastic. And it right. just looks like a like an Insta a, model wearing yeah. all in pink and red lights. and With a bunch of like makeup done up so that it definitely yeah. looks like artificial doll style, right? So that's uh, the thing. Like it, it, First viewing, just like you said, uh, I'm with you. I I right. had so, know nothing about it, and I don't know a lot about what this movie relies upon. Is that you're aware or familiar with alternate reality games where people right. have this like this world's fair thing? And you do it, and then now everyone just like to play the game. You make your own bullshit up. And right. put it online to help feed the the legend, the urban uh, legend of the World's Fair, right? Of the World's Fair. But for 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 me, I'm like I'm like, oh, okay. So they did the World's Fair challenge, and they're all changing, and this is some kind of, you know, demonic, cursed possession, maybe something in that kind of world, as as we move forward, right? Right. And uh, so 
you know, so she starts to quote unquote change, right? And her change is like she's kind of like losing her mind because um, she has like this uh, sleepwalking condition. Yeah, really she, she talks about it. Right. I think I wonder if she talks if she just talks to the camera about it. I think she might just be talking on her videos. She talks about it before this other uh, character comes in. I think right. that must be how we learn about it. Sure. Is that yeah? She has a past of having sleepwalking or things happening as a youth, as a as a younger child rather. And so, yes. Yeah, so she does the thing, the challenge, and now she's going to document stuff. And she's sort of thinks that things are starting to happen, and she wants to record right. all of this and communicate or do what she can to help capture what she thinks might be happening. Right. Right. She so seems her- very genuine about this happened and now I'm going to watch it and oh my God, things are happening. She right. is the same. She knows as much as we do seemingly about this environment right, that exists. Right. right. Or at least as far as we know to this. Right. Point, right. So, so her first video, she, she brings up the sleepwalking thing and how she, uh, she like feels like out of body and how, how she's starting to feel it when she's awake. She's starting to feel right out of body like she's not herself like she's changing and and she's scared and like that's her first and like she little... she can it's like she's watching herself from the other side of the room she can see things happening to her but she can't do anything about the things that are happening yeah uh and that kind of of feelings and so uh the environment for the film uh and this is important is uh there's very few characters it's mostly her she did this challenge now she's watching videos on the challenge and her home life uh, it's just her and seemingly her father, who you never see on screen, but is sort of this oppressive voice from downstairs that she's always careful and quiet of while she's doing her videos in her bedroom, which is in the sort of attic dormery yeah, type it looks space. Yeah, like attic space, yeah. And so uh, the other thing that helps clue you into this sort of isolation uh, feeling is that this is a winter environment. Maybe it's Midwest. Maybe it's uh, the Great Plains or in the Northeast. It doesn't really matter. I don't think it talks about it specifically. But the only outdoor shots we see are like those urban sprawls of like strip malls or actual mall malls and just cold winter bleakness. And it's depressing as hell. Like it's like I I recognize all this. I feel like shit in these environments. We're just getting out of it now. Yeah. And uh, thank God, because it was a, it was this was a bad one. I, I it dragged on for me. But, yeah, it was it was a long one. I wouldn't say so, bad, but long. Yeah, it <laughs> seemed long. Uh, it's just it's important to note because it helps drive the gross feeling and isolation and depression that you could see this uh, this girl uh, suffering from because of what she's doing. Like you know, to just be sitting in front of the fucking computer watching random YouTube rabbit hole videos on this bullshit stuff like i've been there i've done that like it's it sucks it's when you're into a depressive state it and it feeds it but it's not in a healthy way it just makes you get more and more and more detached and then it being winter it's just uh and nothing good can come from it unless there's other external forces or something that snaps you out of those environments and it doesn't look like she has any of that so I will say that those elements existing in this do make it feel very hopeless and um, dire or desperate, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Like like I said, there were elements of this movie that I really enjoyed. 
but they they were few and far between and they were and they were details right they weren't mm -hmm. they weren't like plot like the, i mean like though it wasn't like i enjoyed the story i didn't enjoy the story but yeah, I really enjoyed this one scene, or I really enjoyed the setting, or you know. Yeah, you kind of have to you have to feed yourself reasons to appreciate or understand or get into what's happening. You have to do a lot of work as the viewer to get into it. This is not right. going to hold your hand at fucking all. Right. It's going to make it very difficult. And I feel like I might have been into this had I seen it right around grad school where I was super pretentious, condescending, douchebag, art TA. Uh, I could see me being into it because I was, that was Netflix. For me, grad school was uh, Netflix first came out. I think I got three DVDs at a time and I would just, I had a fucking huge queue, dude. And it had all the shit that was like high five-star movies, four-star movies, obscure stuff, old stuff and new stuff, things that I'd never heard of, all, all the David Lynch stuff and uh, Kurosawa Anything that I could get my hands on, it was all in the queue, and it just kept coming. And it'd come, I'd go, oh, shit, two movies today? I'd go fucking back to the studio, I'd watch them, and they'd get right back in the mail that night. It was disgusting. And so at that time, when I was consuming all of this heady art shit, I think that this might have spoke to me. Right. It might have. But as a grown-ass adult now, with real-life shit going on, it's harder to penetrate that... Uh, that hardened, hardened skinned <laughs> that I've accumulated, <laughs> right. uh, and I couldn't with this film so many times. I, I maybe that's sham on me for being a, an obtuse viewer or obstinate, but that's that's just the reality of my situation. And so, yeah. See, I I I really really enjoy like coming of age kind of stories, and I latch on, and I and I I did for the first half you know or maybe even first two thirds you know i was in but the la the end of this movie was so disappointing that i just i just you know i can't i just can't support it um it just it just it kind of fell <clears> apart <throat> as far as uh as far as like storytelling goes um i feel like it didn't conclude <clears throat> well at all um yeah, it it did as far as like an indie art film is concerned, um, but it didn't as a as a movie. Uh, it didn't satisfy the viewer in any way. Um, it's just completely ambiguous. Um, which sometimes those endings are great. Um, not in this case. Mm -hmm. Not in this case. Right. So, as far as narrative progressions that we've talked about so far in the plot, uh, we're at the point where she's watched the video. Uh, she's seeing videos that people are making about this stuff, and she's experiencing some stuff. So she gets a message video. Yeah, she user. gets a yeah. So the next big thing that transpires is there's another character that comes into play, and what is it? JBL is that JBL. the name of the character? JBL. So uh, this person, JLB, sorry. Oh, JLB, played is, by is, Michael J. Rogers. Right. <clears throat> um, this is via Skype, where this person uh reaches out to her and so they do a skype but there's no um there's no video feed on their end it's just um and this is maybe like the one unnerving like weird thing where i was like oh shit maybe something's gonna happen here right uh their their avatar is just a weird grossy uh 
hand-drawn, creepy-looking guy. Yeah, it looks like a very gingy Ito uh, in style. Mm -hmm. And so he's... This character is more or less interacting. And so first time viewing this, uh, all that I gathered from the beginnings of this interaction where he wanted to clarify to her how to experience this stuff um because in 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 hindsight and after reading and learning more about it which we'll get into that because that's the one thing with this film there's a how you go into it and experience it without any knowledge and then it's after retroactively you are now re-disseminating all of the information and you have a different lens and a different outlook and i think that that's inherent there's no way that you experience this movie from the fucking start get-go and you just grasp it the way that the director wants you to grasp it. I, I have a hard time believing that anyone fucking does that without any something loaded as far as use this lens. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. So anyway, so this character is talking to her. He mentions in-game channel. Uh, and it's like, it's like he is participating in this game also. And he's, like, probing her, like, what do you know about the World's Fair? And she's like, I don't know shit about the World's Fair, really. I just kind of did it, and um, it, like, which is genuine. That's that's who she is. Right. But he's familiar with it. And he's, like, whenever he says it's, like, an in-game channel, he's, like, referencing, like, this is the game we're playing. It's We're playing the World's Fair game slash challenge thing. And so you have safety to talk to me, like, about what we're doing and, Right. But it's weird, and it, the way that he talks with her, it's like it, yeah. it comes across pretty quickly that he's like, uh, just creepy, right? Right, right. And she's like, she's like, uh, cool, bro. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> like, you know, he says it's a game, and she probably gets it, but she's like, uh, she doesn't like. She doesn't agree with anything he says, right? She's not like. Yeah. yeah, she's just listening, yeah. and she's, like, trying to understand, because, like, and that's the one that, it was an interesting scene, because it's, you don't see his video feed, you just see hers, and so she's, like, constantly kind of, like, looking around, like, on a video chat like this, and she's, like, looking around the, because there's nowhere for us to, like, focus on, so she can't stare at someone and try to help understand through nonverbals what, and how they are meaning for the, for what they're saying to be interpreted, so she's sort of, like, trying to piece things together and understand what he's saying, and she seems sort of confused and uncertain about what this is all about in the way that he's talking about it. And so are we as viewers. And so it's not until after the after the movie concludes and I read into it that I start to maybe pick apart and understand a little bit more about how this interaction is going. I don't even remember how this original uh, conversation with him transpires or ends or concludes, but more or less... Um, he ends up like saying, he said, just, he's like, just keep making videos so I know you're... Okay. Right. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know you're alive or okay or whatever. Right, which again leads you to believe like, okay, it's a real thing it's that's real going thing. on, people and something hurt, could be fucking happening. Yeah, that, right. That guy talking about the Legos inside his chest, he can feel the Lego blocks. That guy died, maybe. Who knows? And so you're <laughs> you're going along with it. You you seem like you should be going along with it. Uh, and so then things continue, and she starts to believe more and she does like the creepy video that was the only other moment that was like um unnerving in this film is whenever she records herself sleeping and she goes and grabs 
the lamp or the the side of the bed and puts your yeah, face near the light and gets that that smile thing yeah but then the other weird thing is that like he was the one that was watching her video that her she uploaded of her video. sleeping all night and it's like okay yeah so so that was super creepy but uh, it's also like heavy-handed from a directorial standpoint like it's just it's it's very seems very obvious at this point that like you should not trust this guy his intentions just seem questionable right. uh that he's like the way that he's talking he has a weird voice and it's just it's it's unnerving and it's a stranger and a stranger danger you're a fucking teen you don't know yeah. who the fuck this is dude right. whenever uh online chat and all that shit started happening like we were coming of age when this uh technology first started you know we're, we're doing oh. dial up and we're playing uh things over 28k uh yeah. with chat you know and things like yeah. that where runescape and whatever the fuck else like a- there was a- all kinds dude, of aol instant messenger man yeah, man. We I would uh back we would were, play back when you were only as cool as your away message. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that was excellent. Uh that's so funny. Right. Um I my handle uh was it's a plaid world and that's just because I was into the Mighty Mighty Boss tones at the time and nice. <laughs> just dug it. Right. And so it's a play on uh Gary Jewell's uh, Mad World. Right. Uh which was beautifully done and uh re envisioned in um Donnie Darko. That song is near the end, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Including, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mad World. Oh yeah, that's uh, a great remake. And then it got fame when Adam Lambert did his thing on American Idol, which then spawned into America's Got Talent, and we're full circle with the exes. So, all I'm getting at is I don't even fucking remember. Okay, no, we grew up with this kind of technology, so. Uh, connecting to someone that you don't know anything about them, there's triggers, you know, and you have a certain amount of detachment or skepticism with what you communicate and how much to trust the other side of that connection, that this could be any person, you know, the idea of maybe catfishing wasn't a thing just yet, but we knew, we don't know who the fuck this is. Right, right. We were, I was definitely, everything somebody said to me, I didn't know who they were, was bullshit. (laughs) And so a small little sidebar here, that also makes me question this film is now, correct? Uh, right. It should be, right? So the idea that someone is communicating with a stranger and they're not aware of all the potential harm and things that could arise or to be hoodwinked, so to speak, with developing a relationship with a, a – it's like you know not to – buy into what they're selling, right? Yeah, yeah, and I I think she like no I, one's this I, naive. Yeah. I don't think she I don't think she is. Uh and I definitely don't think she buys it for a second. Like you as the viewer, you know, you're you're maybe not sure um because maybe she's playing along for the sake of the game, which once again, right. which once again, <laughs> We don't know is a game as a viewer unless you no read, unless you read that director's statement you're like this is this is still possibly paranormal and possibly this girl's losing her mind like never once did I think that she was making uh, her own fictional YouTube videos to play along with this concept of the World's Fair uh, urban legend. 
Yeah. And so like, yeah, that's the, that's the thing that we're getting at here is, you know, we were very careful early on, but that's the crux of what is difficult about approaching this film. Uh, you're presented with information and at face value as an uninformed viewer coming into it cold that isn't familiar with this niche area of internet sensational alternative reality gaming you take it for what it presents itself as, as a thing that you watch and then weird shit could happen. And as much as that's a fantastical, supernatural, paranormal experience, it's a horror film, is what I've been told. And so yeah. that's, that's what I'm going to view it as. You said it's a horror. Yeah. So the idea that you're presenting potential paranormal, supernatural things, okay, so there's a chance that that's really what exists in this world that I'm being... Uh, presented, so why wouldn't I think that? They, they even reference uh, paranormal activity like two or three times, uh, right? In 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 reference to what's happening to Casey, and and so you're like you're like yeah okay cool all right let's I'm I'm in let's do this, <laughs> and and so whenever it's after the fact and I'm looking into it now I'm reading it's like okay so actually I'm just a fucking idiot. And I feel stupid because I didn't get the fucking joke that she knew the whole time or you want me to believe that she knew the whole time or everyone knew the whole time. Like, I didn't fucking know. So now I feel stupid because I wasn't part of it. And that's a shitty feeling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it sucks to spend 90 minutes on a movie um, classified as horror. Now, you know, you classify this as drama. You take the horror off of it. You know, I'm watching a completely different movie from a completely different angle. Yeah. Um, but you you throw that word horror on there, and you know my expectations change, and and this movie, when it delivers, uh, it delivers nothing but disappointment. In that, um, you know, never once was it scary, never once was it creepy, never once was there gore, <clears throat> never once was there a monster. This is a this is a real life drama about a girl um, playing along with a creepypasta-style um, alternative reality role-playing game uh, on YouTube, and and try you know someone some potential predator uh, tries to you know integrate groom in, in, groom her and, yeah it get into her life somehow <clears throat> to do God knows what, and uh, she recognizes it and bails. The end. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like like literally nothing happens. I mean, there when I said there's no plot earlier, there's no plot. It goes from like one cool kind of scene to a bunch of boring scenes, and then another cool scene, and and it has moments, um, especially when you're still anticipating um, horror. Mm-hmm. On and they don't throw the horror out the window until it's over. So so you're you're anticipating until the end and then the end comes and you're like oh right okay. yeah it, uh, it's wow. it's that it's a very deflating yeah climax to the movie when i've been led along to feel a certain way and it's fucked up, it's uh, fucked up. all right so let's discuss the end real quick and then i think we can we can knock this thing out, right? <laughs> oh, sweet. All right. All right. Well, there's, so, yeah, there's a few other things to, that I wanted to say about it. But oh, yeah, okay. All right. all right. Okay. No, no, so, no. Let's continue. Let's tie it up. All right. So, so she, um, she and JLB, J 
JBL, whatever, have a JLB. Yeah, you're right. Have another conversation where he breaks character and is worried about her depression and maybe she'll kill herself. To where she like starts laughing. What are you fucking ridiculous? Of course I know this is a game. You, you stupid fuck. I'm you know one of these days it, I'm gonna disappear and you'll never see me again. And then she disconnects. She texts him. Don't call. Don't ever call me again. Then she texts the word pedophile. Right. Um, then we get a video of her face flashing all sorts of weird colors and goes black. Then we get which which was also in the opening. It's not as if right. something that we we inter- we don't interpret that as something happening. That was how uh, the that was what she looked like when the video was playing. When she watches the World Survivor video, it just strobes a bunch of different colors on screen, and you just right. see her face changing with the colors that are flashing on it. So it was more or less just a callback to that imagery where, okay, that's an artful thing. Think about, you know, whatever. Right. So then we get JLB at his computer um, recording a monologue of like a, almost like a journal entry, or maybe it's another video. Um to where he says that she disappeared, and then uh, a year later she messaged him, said she recognized everything that was happening, um, and that she was sorry that she disappeared, and sorry for the things that she said, and that they met up in the city, and they had pizza, and then they went to the train, and then they did something else before they left, and then they parted ways and went home, and you know maybe they'll see each other again, maybe they won't. Um, and maybe this guy isn't a fucking pedophile. Okay. And then it goes to credits. Okay, now, so this is the scene I watched twice. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I just watched 90 <laughs> minutes, motherfuckers. <laughs> so I went back to the beginning of that monologue, and I just, I watched every inch of that room and the room behind it while he was recording that for any kind of clue, you got creepy drawing on the wall. I saw I saw a couple weird things, but like, there was nothing there to imply he uh, found her, kidnapped her. She's in the house somewhere. That's the end of her story. Uh, okay. That that actually did happen. That the pizza story was real. That um, you know, and according to you know what Rodney read, he's gonna elaborate here on in a second is like he uh he just made this story up to kind of conclude it in his own mind or you're looking also to see like okay now the world's fair is going to come get him and something's going to happen and it's like now like you're going to see like oh the the something happens here and it's like now you know it's the entity or the thing is in his room it's none of that shit it's none of that stuff and and this monologue is not clear in any way as to what happened to Casey, which I guess is fine because Casey just said, I'm going to disappear and you're never going to hear from me again. Okay, sure. What she said happened. That's fine. Why are we going back to JLB? Why didn't it just go to credits after her little disappear video? Um, That was the callback to the lights. Why do we get this uh, JLB wrap-up if it doesn't do anything but but cause more confusion for the viewer it doesn't it doesn't help unless unless what he's saying is true then it helps but because his character is so creepy and the events unfolded the way they did and there's no proof there's no 
you know, picture of the two of them stuck in a stuck in a fucking, you know, pinned up to a cork board behind him while he's recording right. this video. You know, because I, ch- I checked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the, the uh, look, uh, mm, films are have the right uh, to leave things open-ended and to not be certain how things are going to end up for your lead characters. Uh, there's no point in, in trying to recall certain ones because it happens all the fucking time where yeah. you're not really sure. And you can interpret it going off into the sunset as a positive thing. Okay. So like the one that I think of like no country for old men, did you care for that? Yeah. Yeah. I love no country. I love no country for old men. The end, Tommy Lee Jones' last words and monologue, he's talking about this dream he has and his father and things like that. And you don't ever see what happens with Javier Bardem's character, but the way that Tommy Lee Jones delivers those final lines, it's heavily implied and you're concerned that it's just a matter of time before Javier Bardem's character comes and snuffs him out and like just finishes up his storyline and like the, the the idea of death or overwhelming dread is there and you don't see anything happen but you know that that's probably what's going to happen but maybe not it could have been a hopeful type thing anyways that kind of stuff is it's beautiful it's artful it's well done and it's exciting and it leaves you like ruminating about it i think that you have to have been clued in and i think you have to uh have known a lot of things about why this movie was made and how it was made in backstory in order to get into this film in those kinds of wavelengths because at face value it doesn't do it and so and that's what's just so frustrating about it is that the ultimately i think that the finality of the of the of the story that they told with this jlb character and the last interaction with Casey being what it was, there's two interpretations. Uh, and one is that she broke ties with him right then, and she went to go live her best life because she was over dealing with this bullshit stuff, and she figured her stuff out. She got her head straight, and she did fine in life and went on and had a happy life. That's the glass-half-full outlook. The glass-half-empty outlook is that the the video that she recorded about having an idea, finding her father's gun in the shed out back and fantasizing about killing him and then herself, murder-suicide type fantasy. Uh, You could interpret her last words of saying disappearing and all that as that that is going to be the event that transpired. Uh, And then the only way to interpret his words now is that he is still in this game and he wants to envision this different reality to him for himself that is a positive one and so the only way to interpret that then as a viewer is that it's just gross and it's just his detachment and isolation and how weird and disgusting that is and how inappropriate it was for him to try to inject his himself into her life and the way that he did it under the context of this game and this fantasy uh in general, the film wants you to feel those feelings of unease and questioning reality and not being sure what to think or feel. Like It wants to play with that and make you feel uncomfortable. Um, 
and I don't think it really cares how it resolves that for you. It it just kind of like puts bad events and unfortunate events in front of you and you experience them and that's all that they really wanted to do. And that's fine if that's your thing, but it doesn't make for a very engaging or fun, or, not that film has to be fun, but like it's not a good, it's just there. It's not something that, right. that I feel more whole or complete or fulfilled or that I've experienced something. Like I can go watch something or see something and get depressed and feel like shit all over the place. I've, I've, I see that all the time, <laughs> you know, watch TikTok videos for a fucking couple minutes. Uh, this will do, this is like the same outcome is yeah. like, yes, I know that this kind of shitty thing exists. Are there solutions presented here? No. Uh, what's the hope that I should have? You know, like we've seen films like this, that uh, like slap face, you know, uh, had like those things right. at the end. If you're experiencing abuse and things like that, or self-harm, yeah. reach out. This film didn't do that. Uh, so like, and whereas that helped me understand and interpret slap face, which I, it could, but like slap face was also very evident that, Hey, this is what we're dealing with. And this is, it led yeah. you there and did it artfully. I look back at slap face and I really wasn't like overall like happy about Slapface, but I'm like, Slapface was the fucking shit compared to this. Yeah, Slapface was great. Because uh, I didn't think it was anything amazing or over the top grandiose statement. It was just like, this is a thing, and we're gonna tell a cool story with this thing. Yeah. And what's fair is like, there's a thing. And we're not helping you get to figuring out the thing, and that's yeah. where I like. I feel it's like it's it's frustrating. And there's a, here's the thing: it could be this, 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 or this. We're not going to tell you. Um, it's only going to get more confusing as it goes on, and completely ambiguous when we wrap it up. And whenever you find out what I really meant, you're going to feel like a fucking idiot because you didn't get it. Because you didn't get it. <laughs> oh, and if you, and, and like and that's what's ultimately so annoying. Uh, so look. I can admire a lot of what they tried to do. Um, I think that it's ambitious. Uh, some of the decisions, and obviously the lead, uh, Anna Cobb, was awesome. Oh, she was phenomenal. Um, there was weirdness in like the uh, the accent that kind of slipped in and slipped out. It was almost like, was it just like overdone teenage girl talking like weird and cutesy voice? Or was it like there's like a, a different uh, regional dialector where... Maybe English wasn't first language. Couldn't I tell. She, I, I think she was just young and 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 talks funny right. sometimes. Like obviously the actress was not, but I think she was playing like thirteen, right. fourteen. Like she was definitely not sixteen. She was definitely like young teenager. Um, I don't think they ever said, but that that's my interpretation. She mentioned high school, and so I think that. Yeah, it, or well, she mentioned my school. You're right. No, I th I can't remember yeah. when she she did a video in the cemetery, and she's like, "There's my lockers, and here's my." Oh yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. That was a good. I video. was like, <laughs> yeah, that was a good video. And when you look back, like after you talk about it, you look back, you're like, okay, there's things that are happening in this that are kind of interesting, but just over like it's I shouldn't have to fucking I don't know. Yeah. It could just be that I didn't get it, and it's just I feel like people that did get it, I think, would look down on me for not getting it. Like <laughs> that enough. I'm just not smart enough or aware enough or whatever enough. Yeah, I don't and it, know. it feels exclusionary. Like it's yeah. like. 
for me. And I'm, I don't like that feeling because growing up, I was, I, I, I did feel that way. I was inferior or like that I wasn't good enough or like I was, ne- I was never a part of like the big click or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, you don't know this. Like feeling like the odd man out is not a good feeling. And like, sure. I feel like this movie heightened that for me. Uh, like it just, where it was inaccessible or uh, I'm for, not allowed to appreciate it. Uh, for, for me, I'm going to turn it on them and just call it bad storytelling. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> <laughs> that's cold yeah i just thought i don't know like you know there's you know you can abandon the hero's journey but if you do you still have to tell a story i don't uh, like right you, you want to show you want to show us a bunch of cool pictures that's fine but you know don't call it a movie don't call it horror yeah the horror thing is really upsetting uh for what i would have wanted to because you have a certain expectations when you approach a horror film and i feel like it's a it's appropriating that name uh, misusing it to draw attention from a certain crowd that is more willing to show indie films than other genres, you right. know? Right. But just, again, uh, it's just, it's like cheating to, to break into the industry or to, or to just to get more attention. That's unfortunate. So, um, yeah, it's, it's what right. it is. It oh. is what it is. What was, and what was your I, overall? Uh, so, you know, I, I was, I was going to give it a, a five, but I think after our discussion, I got to drop it down. Oh, to no. A, I got to drop it down to a four. <laughs> I got to uh, do it. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I kind of had a feeling that that might happen because I, um, my initial, I was pulling up my letterbox just to, because, oh, check, check oh score. I should have did this at the beginning. I feel like we need to start to include a, um, uh, a notes, uh, any notes from last week's episode type thing. Uh, oh, uh, sure. And, and, and I have to put a little note. We're doing it in the middle of this video, and we're not going to ed- edit it for YouTube. Uh, I gave Virus, I think, a two uh, last week, and in reality, I actually gave it a three. All right. So my, apo- my apologies, <laughs> Virus 32. I, I, technically, it was a three. So now my letterbox on World's Fair, I gave it a two. I... I didn't enjoy watching it at all. It was difficult to sit through. It was a slog. Uh, shame on me for having a bourbon before I watched it. But I was like, hey, fucking horror movies. Yeah, well, a bourbon yeah, before a horror yeah, movie. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm feeling good, vibing. Uh, no, this movie was like, fuck your vibe. Fuck the bourbon that you drank. Uh, you're going to fall asleep, motherfucker. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, uh, which I didn't. But it was difficult not to. Uh, so I give it a two. Yeah, it's just I can't. I can't support it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing I can say uh, about this is um, Anna Cobb. Look forward to uh, to what you do next. Uh, hopefully, it's in the horror genre because that's what we like to watch. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, this is a do not recommend. I concur. All right, and that brings us to You Won't Be Alone. In an isolated mountain village in 19th century Macedonia, a young girl is kidnapped and then transformed into a witch by an ancient spirit. And that's it. Uh, uh, yeah. And that's, uh, um, that's the description. Uh, that's, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, I don't know why they didn't say transformed into a witch by a witch. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause they're... laughs> 
<laughs> which mama? You talking about which mama? Which Not whisper mama? mama? Whisper mama. Which mama? Oh, whisper I mama. I miss whisper mama. Now I only got witch mama, and witch mama's a bitch ass witch mama. Yeah, I'll she tell gets, you. She gets whisper mama back though, a different a different whisper mama. That's what. Uh, yeah, comes, she's right? yeah. She's whispering to her that one scene, and she is like it calms her down like instantly. I I really I thought that was a really nice touch. Uh, if you were paying attention to the to like the the words that were used to describe them, I thought that was nice. Man, so this uh, I was hopeful for when this film first started because. Uh, and we're, we're going to do our, our preambles here in a minute about it, but like the very first scene is a, uh, you know, landscape shot with cat in the foreground and then the cat goes off screen and you start to hear like death and crunching noises. I was like, Oh fuck. Yes. They killed that fucking cat. Oh, I love it. I was like, fire 32 killed that cat. Now this one, they're killing the cat. And then the cat comes on screen. I was like, Oh yeah, it was chasing a bird. It killed a bird. Fuck. It's not, it's not the cat that just got killed. And I was like, Oh, I gave it. I gave it points. I was like, "Oh, I'm excited! There's death of a cat, and I'm into this." But then, uh, la- but then later <laughs> in the movie, you realize that the cat did die. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Uh, off screen, that's how, because that's how, that's how she got that into was the, yeah. that was that was the witch. Yeah, that was the witch. Okay, uh, written <laughs> and directed by Goran Stolevsky. Um, and uh, yeah, um, so. First off, before we even get into the movie, um, way to go putting Numi Rapace on the box art. Uh, Like, that's the pause trailer, like her photo. Uh, She's in five minutes of this movie. Um, (laughs) Like, I I get it. You know, you wanted to, like... This Bait is like, switch, dude. yeah, this is like putting Michael Shannon on the uh, the Knight's End uh, box <laughs> art. Like Michael Shannon's in this movie for three yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like you got to sell your movie however you can. I get it. Um, but I, I mean, I thought the performance of who was it? Oh yeah, I'm, I was looking at the list and I, I don't know which which actress played uh, was, uh, the youngest one. Sarah Klimaska was the okay. was the the one in the cave. I I don't know, man. Cause yeah, you know, I think so. not saying not saying all these Macedonian women look alike, but they kind of fucking right. do, man. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Oh God, which one is yeah. this? I feel bad. I I can't tell. I it's just yeah. I don't know. Sarah Klimaska was great. Uh, she was the majority of the of the character, and then uh, this character Anna Maria Marinka uh, played the uh, played the witch, um, the uh, the original witch Maria. Uh, yeah. Um, who was who was great, right? So. So yeah, okay. I mean, it's a period piece, right? So like, I was kind of right. into that, um, and. Again, uh, we find out pretty early on, uh, this is a drama. It's a drama. It's a drama. It reminds us of uh, All the Moons, um, which which I thought was a great movie, um, just not really a, ho- a horror. Uh, you Won't Be Alone. I'm going to call it a great movie. This is not really a horror. It you know It definitely has statements. It definitely has a lot to say um, about women. Uh, about uh, like their roles in in the society of that time period. Um, right. So that's the other thing. Like, okay, yes, I agree. But like, <laughs> okay, isn't this 
isn't this settled law? Yeah, like, yeah I, not to be like not well, to be topically uh, fucking irreverent about yeah. everything, but like, isn't that like? Don't we all know this? Like, so what no, are no, you? Yeah, they weren't bringing anything new to the table. Um, it's just a little twist, I guess. Uh, well, it was it was just nice witchy for, it twist. Was, it was nice for the story, the story about um, about like pain and grief. And sure. about, and how the witch, uh, how the witch couldn't forgive, and yeah, and because she couldn't forgive, she could never move on, and she could never, and she just lived with the, the jealousy, and how our main character, um, ha- right, like like how it ends. Okay, so so I'm gonna yeah. stop that train of thought there because I thought the end was really kind of beautiful. So let's. So you know, it's funny. We we said that we said that uh, before, uh, specifically the last week, and not to another note section, which I just recalled because you just said that. You're gonna forget that, and that train of thought is not gonna get fucking repeated. Oh, I can almost not. guarantee that. Uh oh. Well, because because we did that last week. Oh, and, uh, we, and then we didn't get back to it. We didn't circle back to what it was, and right now I'm forgetting. Uh, Give me like five seconds here. We were talking about something that happened in the film. Uh, I can't remember if it was. Oh. It was in um, in the sadness. Okay. We put a we put a pin in the fact that we were going to talk about that cartoon at the beginning of the movie, and we never oh, did. Oh, we never went back to it. Okay, all right. You remember? And yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I thought that, it, was, that it, would, was, it was it was some nice foreshadowing, and it was very subtle. And if you weren't paying attention, you you missed it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which so. is what I'm which is what I'm talking about, uh, Jane Schoenbrunn. Where's those Easter eggs? Give me that foreshadowing. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, do something. Uh, you know, even if it's like in the kids' room, have like a fucking DVD or like video or poster of a film or thing that people know about that is about this kind of shit, so that you know how to interpret it. Or right. like it's like the Cruise tragedy. Right you know, like yeah. you get it. It's a story of this type character or this. The feelings from this are in this, and none oh, of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, she could have, she could have like gone to the fridge and gotten a glass of milk and had like, had like these terrible like, like kindergartner style drawings of herself like hanging herself from a tree with like a rope noose or so, you know, and it just be there and just like in the, you know, like, and you, it's on the screen for one second because she has to open the door to get the milk. So like, uh huh, just little stuff like that. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, a prayer card from, uh, you know, the funeral for her mother or something. Right, right. Because we don't even get the story. Like, we just have to yeah, assume that the just... dad's a, an asshole, right? Because right? he yells at her at 3 o'clock in the morning, which I'm yeah. pretty sure if you're making noise at 3 o'clock in the morning, your dad's going to yell at you. So yeah. you can only assume that he's an asshole. Like, you can't, you don't even know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you're, you're, you're not telling me his truth. You're, you're... Yeah. So anyways. All right. Back to the oh. better movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie the that we left alone that yes. we said it wouldn't be alone. You will not be alone. Okay. So the cat goes into the hut. <laughs> yeah, cat approaches hut is watching kids doing hide and seek or whatever and, and uh there's a woman with a newborn and she hears the baby still for a moment and she looks back in horror and we are confronted with uh who is known as uh, Maria, the old maid Maria. Old maid Maria, who... Witch mama, uh, also 
uh, ball sack face fucking witch lady. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because uh, clearly. Any, any of the Deadpool insults uh, from uh, the Deadpool <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you can throw at old Maid Maria and you'll be fine. Because it's 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 burn uh, victim, victim makeup. Yeah. And down. it's all, yeah, head to toe. And you're definitely, you know exactly what this is, and, and there's no uh, shock value when the when the flashback comes and they show you that she gets burned. Like, I feel like, right. I, feel like I never once thought that it wasn't burn makeup um, or like a... Well, a... so, okay, right. So the validity, are you saying, do you dislike the flashback? No, no, I'm just saying I wasn't... Uh, I didn't get any like, oh, that's how she looks like. That. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're left to assume that there's obviously a fire of some sort. How the fire transpired, right, right. And that flashback, I think, was meaningful to help heighten no, the uh, the sympath how you would sympathize for her character, right? And no, give context and understanding for her decisions. I, and I love her. Back, I love her backstory. Her backstory yeah. ma- makes like makes half the movie. Like for that makes well, the pl- <clears throat> half the plot makes sense or not. Well, and sense, and like. the thing about this is like, uh, this movie is similar to World's Fair is it's upsetting, shitty life events and things that are happening like nonstop through this whole fucking thing. It's like it's like uh, you know, twelve years a slave. Like you know you're in <laughs> for a goddamn rough ride and no, it's no, gonna be this, awful <laughs> shitty things. Yeah. It's just in this different kind of lens. But this film is going to be doing things in an artful manner that is engaging to watch or to see or to think about oh. and use symbolism and all of this other stuff that World's Fair is like, nah, fuck that. This, this movie is so, gorgeous to watch. The soundtrack's fantastic. All the acting is, is top-notch. Like, Oh, okay, sidebar. I, I will give credit to World's Fair. There was some, some use of sound in, in oh. the soundtrack, and that was good. We didn't mention oh, that at true. all. Oh, that's We didn't mention that. World's Fair soundtrack was The score was, was pretty good. It was yeah, pretty great. It was very good, yes. I, I totally oh. agree with you. Yeah. We did we did kind of glaze over it. Right, but so this film is using all of the tools in the belt to communicate this story. Even if it's a stripped-down, simple story of drama in a horror environment of, like you said, uh, uh, forgiveness of uh, of what is the meaning of life or what do you get of life of gender roles in this period of time like all those things are simple stripped down types elements but they're going to be told in a very artful deliberate beautiful manner yes so these kids actually um, start uh, I wouldn't want to say like making fun of the uh, the the mother of this child, but they they definitely like throw maybe rocks or some they throw things at her and or her hut. She definitely is an outcast in this village of some kind, and that and that also becomes a recurring theme. And that also, uh, I just feel like it needs to be said for the for like the backstory of what goes on with uh, the child. So. Maria confronts uh, this woman. This is Whisper Mama, right? Um, I forgot why she's there to take the child. Like, uh, I mean, she just shows up and she wants to eat the fucking baby. Oh, well, no, okay. So that's the one thing they don't talk about, the, the witching spit. The witching spit, which uh, every witch is allowed one. 
Yes, you're allowed uh, one witching spit. And what we'll gather through the film, which isn't overt at the start, is that there's a sort of um, sort of like how uh, the Black Mamba has the five-point exploding heart palm technique. Uh, the witching spit is sort of a, a clawing motion on the chest of the victim and then a spitting of blood or, or whatever's yeah. in their mouth onto the wound. Yeah. And that is what transfers the curse onto that person. Right. They become a witch. And the the wound heals up too, like almost immediately. Um, right. Uh, the fire uh, burns. So more or less, old Maria, the the witch mama uh, that were, well, you would we'll say witch mama or Maria. Do you want to yeah. say Maria? Let's call whatever. Maria. Let's call Maria. Maria. Uh, Maria is more or less telling the mother, like, I want this child. Yeah. I'm allowed one witching spit. I choose for it to be mine, and I want your baby for my own. Yeah. And the mother pleads with her and says, no, 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 please at least let me have her with me in my life until she's at least 16. Yeah. Let me keep her until then. And Maria, I think, agrees, but she wants the pact in blood, more or less, is what right. alluded. So the mother willingly cuts her own flesh, and then the witch very violently goes in and like rips out the baby's tongue. Right. It says, says the child should should go unmarked. Right. And She's like, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, you're making a deal with the devil and there's a price to pay. And like, so right away, this is very uncomfortable and I, upsetting to me because like, I, you know, dude, like with children and having a baby and <laughs> it's just, I can detach myself. This is what I, it's funny enough. This is why I did not like the witch when I first watched the witch oh, because right, of the way right. that it interacted with the baby at the right. pretty early fucking on. Uh, this, I was like, all right, I'm an adult. I can accept it. <laughs> I don't fucking like it, but like, right. come on, dude, you, 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 you obviously don't like it. It's fucked up. Well, yeah, of course. Okay. So, uh, we, we like flash forward to assuming like, 15 years later, 16 years later, right? And, <laughs> yeah, pretty and, quickly, yeah. Yeah, she's like... She, and much she, like all the moons, they're not really yeah. going to help you. Like, it's just going to be like, yeah. oh, okay, time jump, but not yeah. going to put anything on there. So she's like, she's like in the leaves, uh, in a cave. She's got a, there's a couple holes in the cave on top where she can see the sun. And we get like a montage of her like playing with herself, like throwing leaves around. Playing with herself. Yeah, yeah, I, she's playing I games. miss that. She's playing games with herself. She's... Throwing these oh, up in the air, oh, running around. Shit. I'm the, sorry. The, the, the whisper mama comes in to, like, give her food. She's got food, and they talk, and she wants to go outside, but she won't let her go outside. And it's, it's, it is like a montage. Uh, so we assume that it's, co- it's coming up to uh, the age where witch mama right. was, is going to come around. Ooh, and we're using me. that term because we're going to learn about those terms in a minute uh, with the character. But, yeah. Time has passed. Uh, and I guess we didn't mention that the cave that she's in was one that the mother took the baby uh, up to. It has a door as an entrance to it, and it's sealed shut. So the presumption here is that this child has lived in this cave this whole fucking time. The whole time, yeah. Uh, uh, doesn't – seemingly doesn't speak and, and, and obviously is mute, um, which yeah. you don't – it's not overt from that tongue uh, thing that the witch does. Like, you don't know it's necessarily tongue. You just see blood and mouth. Yeah. But – it's inferred, and then you learn pretty quickly. So then the mother comes to tend to her as, uh, as she's coming of age, and she's, like, taking care and feeding her, like you said. 
And yeah, um, and, and uh, she's we're getting a lot of like uh, voiceover um, narration from the from the main character here, um, and she's pretty articulate and she's got a lot of like interesting things to think about since she can't <laughs> since she can't talk and since she's alone and and like I mean I I liked a lot of the dialogue in this movie, um, especially the monologues um, of. Uh, who we're going to call her Navena, Navina. Um, yeah, I mean that's the whole the whole film is really this character who cannot outwardly uh, communicate, uh, cannot verbally communicate. Yeah. Uh, we are then the only way to convey what is going on in her mind is through voiceover, and it is beautiful in this film. Like you said, a lot of what she says is very poetic. Poetic. It's very poetic. Yeah, and. And also, she even goes so far before she leaves the cave, she goes so far as to explain that even though she's physically disabled, she her her tongue, as she says, but I, I believe it's a metaphor for voice, uh, got scared away, is what, is what she says. Mm-hmm. Um, so later in the film, she's also not going to speak, and we'll, you know, we'll touch on that when we get there but that's that's like the the not the reasoning but the setup is she's going to change form and even in these new forms she won't be able to speak because her voice was scared away um it made enough sense i guess i i didn't it didn't break uh immersion for me to go why the fuck isn't she talking now that she has a tongue? <laughs> like I, like I thought it for a moment, but it. But I was like, I was like, wait a minute. She said her voice got scared away. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not let this bother me. Yeah, yeah, that's because I, I kept kind of assuming that she would learn how to eventually, um, but that's because I wasn't necessarily thinking that it was like. I don't know. It's just more or less yeah. what the what which what Maria had done to her when right. she was an infant is that it 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 forever tainted her as a right. as a character. She would never be able I, to speak. I just think that because um, clearly she has a tongue and everything with uh, the other characters when the she's other, Numi, yeah. she's she's licking straw and blood, yeah. <laughs> and it's like oh, it, yeah. she has she physically has everything she needs to in order to, but her voice is gone. It's it, gone that's yeah. what was taken. It, right manifests as a physical uh impact or wound by maria as an infant but it's really that's a a physical representation of something that is right metaphysical right yeah well it's definitely like a vehicle like or a, a plot device like we are going to do this so that this character has this uh this drawback through the entire film so we can play on it what you know as we need to and mm-hmm. that'll allow us to use voiceover through the entire film, which is also, you know, some people would consider a crutch, but also like, but it's very intelligent because like we just said, yeah, because it is a beautifully done, uh, poetic verse is used. And it is, it, it, that is the romanticism of the events that are going to transpire are better communicated through the use of words with the images. Uh, and if it were a character talking to another character, it would be difficult to, to convey that stuff because there's no reason for one of the characters to say to the other character, all of these internal feelings, you know? No, exactly. Exactly. Like 
this is the case of it being done perfectly and not a case of like of it being a crutch yeah so um the mother uh comes in and mama witch mama comes behind her and or comes in as a bird i think and then turns into yeah. witch mama and then uh she tries to stop her and witch mama takes her out and we don't know what happens but we know that whisper mama comes back and leads uh leads our main character out of the cave Right, and so she's very uh, questioning of all the things that are happening because she heard awful noises and sounds of someone getting gutted. Uh, But now her mother's back and is treating her differently now and taking her out into the field. And so this is her first time seeing the world, and she has all these really beautiful ways to experience it or communicate how she's seeing it. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, uh, the mom in front of her is reaching into her like cloak and throwing organs everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, and so like before you understand how this whole process, you know, and this is very similar to um, it's not the same as the curse, but again, another period piece that we watched when we talked about all the moons, the way that they manifest uh, shape shifting and witch yeah. lore in this film was very interesting and unique, yeah. and I didn't get it at first, and then but it took a it takes a little while until you piece together that this is how the shape-shifting occurs. Right. So she's throwing the organs everywhere, and eventually they, they come to a spot where they're going to stop walking, and she turns around, and it's and it's the the burned uh, Maria that turns around. Yeah, and the kid handles that pretty well, because uh, yeah. I'd be like, I would be really fucking freaked out if I saw this <laughs> just show up. <laughs> yeah. But she's sort of like... Um, She's just going with the flow, because what else does she know? She lived in a cave her whole fucking life, and now she's in the world, So, and right. it's due to this person, so she's just going to go along with it. And all, she's that's watching all she, it. That's all she's ever wanted was to get out of that cave. Uh, right. Uh, so the other thing to note is that she's, it's like, uh, you know, the difference between a homeschooled child and a public school child. She acts a little bit off. Uh, right. One might say, you know, a certain priority you would say touched or special or different or dim. Like, there's all these different words that you would use to describe. Sure, sure. And there's no, uh, and not to be like insensitive to it, it's just that the character, it's important because she's, as we get to it, uh, this character is going to be embodying other characters and it's still going to act this way. She's very, like, uh, sort of lanky and, and questioning, almost feral. Uh, yeah, like, because sure. she's lived out isolated in a cave, so how she uses her limbs and, and hands to do certain, what we would call human activities, she's been completely absent from. She's only seen her mother from time to time, uh, so she has no idea how to interact with her body and what to do with anything uh, with other people involved, and so uh, that's going to continue to be an issue, and so she's like experiencing this world with her. A witch mama is now going to show her some shit as how to live she shows her the need to to consume blood, yep. and that's what you need. You need blood, not playthings. But she's a child because she was never right. grown to learn she's, she's how to be any other bunny. way. She's playing with the bunny. She just kills the bunny. Um, mm-hmm. She she tries to drink blood. She hates it. She takes the back of her head and shoves her face into the dead animal. Um, mm-hmm. So it's pretty soon here uh, that. She continues to not get it, right? 
right. our lead. Uh, and what are we saying? Uh, Nirvana. Yeah. Nirvana. 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 Okay. Uh, let's say the protagonist. The ch- let's say uh, the child. Our ch- our hero, and our yeah. heroine. So it's pretty early on that um, witch mama is trying to show her like this is how you have to fucking live now, uh, but she's still not getting it, and so uh, witch mama she more or less like is going to abandon her, correct? And like yeah, let her figure yeah. it out. I, th- I think she so, even, I think she even tries to fight witch mama, and that's when witch mama was like, okay. Uh, I'm out of here. Good luck so, on your own. And this is where Witch Mama uh, consumes the wolf, correct? Right, right. She shoves, she so, shoves, she shoves the wolf. So why don't like, you talk So talk about what happens with the transformation? Just because it's going to happen later on. So yeah. we talked about organs coming out. So why don't I talk about the scarification and the, right. the exploding heart trick. You talk about how does the shape-shifting occur because so, it's extremely so, relevant with so everything this, else. So this is pretty neat. Um so there's a there's a dead wolf and uh, you know she like tears it open, she she like almost like like a vest fit right like right here she just like pulls it open, and she's pulling organs out, and shoving them into here right, and she does she does a handful she does intestines she does a heart liver whatever she does a bunch of organs, closes it up and like pretty much just morphs right down into the wolf. Yeah. Um, it was super cool. I think that was the only bit of CG in the movie was the wolf transformation. Um, that's not accurate, and oh, you know it's it, not accurate. It's not accurate. I'm, I must be missing something, but no, you're you're not. I think you blocked it out from memory because of how fucking bad it was. Clearly. Oh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't matter. All right. uh, but yeah, so but like so that shape shifting, uh, completely fucking unique. It was like for me, I was like, oh my god, that's what they have to do. Like, oh yeah, this is yeah. Just, disgusting and it's awesome it was just like how i felt and it made me think of the curse whenever it had that spin on werewolf myth where it's like the body's entombed within the shell of this right oh i did love i did love that about the curse um yeah so at this point now that we've we've gone over that with the with the viewer it's this is the only horror element of the film is yeah is the witch transformations and you know they so obviously they have to kill a couple people uh, to in order to turn into some other people. But this movie is not scary. There are no jump scares. They do not attempt to scare you. There is nothing about this movie that would be considered horror except for a little bit of of gore coming from the the witches and their the way that they. Right, and and it's just it's just a drama like this is yeah. It's so so this 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 horror device now cleverly used to tell the story um as our protagonist moves on uh she's going to take on many different quote-unquote lives and um through her experience you know we're going to fully like we are going to fully understand the story you know as it's meant to be told so this this witch transformation thing is it is the plot device. Like this horror element is how the story gets told. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I guess what we'll do then is we'll just go jump through body by body uh, and environment environment and just like quickly summarize yeah. what just, happens yeah. here and what we might take away from it. Um, so what is the first one? Is the the first one is uh, it's Numi. Yeah, the, the first the one, first, the first, the first one's Numi. 
Right, but let's. Uh, does she go to Numi right away? What is she, what happens as her when she gets to the village, though, or does she just hide out? She's hiding because so she approaches the village. Okay, so the uh, witch mama has left her. Maria right, has she, left her. Right. So now she's just like wandering uh, the world, uh, and she doesn't know what to do. And so she comes across a farming village, and there's a woman giving birth, and then she gives birth. She and like she looks goes. at herself. <laughs> yeah, the, and then the, and then they're like, they're like, get back in the corn back field. to the corn and another. You pop the grabs, baby out. I don't yeah, get the fuck back in there now. Servant grabs the baby, right? And it wasn't some corn to shuck. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't Numi who gave birth. It was just another. I, servant. It was it was it, I think it was Numi. No, no, no. It wasn't Numi. I I know which I remember which servant it was. And but Numi is the mother to this baby. So in this world where this this, you know, the father of the child is the landowner who has children with whomever on the property, uh, the slaves, whatever they are, um, mm-hmm. and then and then his wife is the mother to them, um, and he must be allowed to just like it's just part of the life of, of the yeah. Country. I, I mean, I would say uh-huh. you don't need to have a historical understanding of right. the cultural norms in ancient Macedonia. Yeah, it's, right. Uh, you can kind of surmise that what you just described is something similar to what must have been going on. It's fine. Right. Uh, so... But she sneaks into the village after this happens. Yeah, she sneaks uh, in. She sees a kid. The kid's like, uh, who are you? Because, oh, because again, in her natural form, as a, uh, as a, person has this curse she has long black fingernails right right so yeah. she has them and so the and, kids and see she has her a, and she has oh, like a, a, a dewclaw yeah yeah a dewclaw. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah there's like a dewclaw type thing uh and so the kid sees her and i think she must see the fingernails because she can't hide those she's hurt herself and the kid screams runs off so she hides uh and eventually she stumbles upon the baby in the bassinet in the hay and Numi Rapace confronts her and says, oh, well, what are you doing? Get away from the baby. Because yeah. she's just kind of, like, intrigued. She's never seen a baby. She's like, what is this? And she's, like, interested. She's just inspecting it. Yeah. And Numi confronts her and falls on top of her. And that Dewclaw or whatever yeah, ends up yeah. getting Numi in the gut. Yeah. So she, uh, she, without even thinking about it, just pulls some organs out. And uh, turns into Numi, uh, completely naked, I believe. And yeah, she ends up. Yeah, she ends up yeah. getting. Yeah, being naked. Yeah. And starts running around, and uh, like the village has to like grab her, and they have to come up with an excuse why she is all of a sudden mute and and insane. And, and they, they say it's because of the the childbirth and all that. Well, they did say they did say something like that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I it thought was it was her one. baby. Maybe it was. Maybe she did actually have the baby. Uh, I could have sworn it was that other uh, that other skinny. But, uh, but it doesn't does matter. it really it doesn't matter? matter. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. So, uh, so she exists in this uh, village as the the matriarch, but who's like who's a little crazy uh, for a while. We don't really know how long. They spend a lot of time where she's like, so she's a 16-year-old girl, technically, and now she's embodying a full-fledged woman, 30, so 40-something, whatever-year-old woman. Right. Probably 30s, I guess, is what you would have to presume. doesn't matter. 
Uh, and technically, I, I don't want to imagine a lot of these women living to the age that they live in at this time period because right. no, no, no health care, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, um, but she's acting like she did when she was in the thing. And so now Numi uh, Rapace's character has got to be, she's like dumbfounded and like in awe. And just doesn't even, she doesn't know, she can't talk. So she just like tries to mimic the facial motions. Uh, and she starts to interpret, and this is where you get more voiceover that describes interactions with human beings in this really awkward, sometimes beautiful way, you know, where she's boiling down the social dynamics that exist in this farming village right. as she sees it uh, as a, you know, right, almost as if like alien comes are... to the world and, and looks at what's going on. How would an alien perceive this environment? Uh, and here's how they describe it, you know. When men come in room, men only want to see uh, eye water, you know, from a right, woman. Right, right, right. Woman's but, mouth stays shut when man is in room. Like right. it's like boiled down like that. But when when women are the only ones in the room, mouth never never closes. Yeah, and it's uh, like and it's said in this very staccato uh, way that's like sharp and hurtful, but beautiful in the same way. Yeah, yeah. I think she also does the does she do the river metaphor? I think here too. Uh, I think it's in the body where yeah. Uh, I th- I think it might be a different one, but it I different. think it's not until it's it's Bologna. Um, but either way, it, we can say it now. Like she, um, she's like a river, uh, always flowing. Always flowing, but, but never. But never. Um, but never moving. Moving. Yeah. Yeah. Always flowing, but never moving. So yeah, um, there's all kinds of those romantic, poetic, yeah, yeah very, uh, like, words that. Um, really help you get into the feels of the movie. Absolutely. Uh, so she learns how to sweep uh, and a couple of... <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's kind of pretty ridiculous. Let's break them off for a second. Like, she's a grown-ass adult, and now all of a sudden she doesn't know how to fucking even eat or per- to sweep or yeah, to do the yeah. chores that she's been doing her whole fucking life. Obviously now she doesn't know how, and everyone's just like, yeah, it's fine. Well, and the mother-in-law, the mother-in-law keeps covering up for her though, because they, yeah. they must have a, a you know, a, a friendship, a kinship. Uh, anyway, eventually, the uh, <laughs> so kind of like a, a a mice and men type thing, <laughs> yeah. where there's where George and Lenny, it's like, yeah. George has always got to like make excuses, like. <laughs> so eventually, um, the husband is going to want some uh, husband time, and. Uh, <laughs> And he goes for it, and uh, she doesn't like the way that feels at all, and she just kills him. <laughs> Her claws come out. Now the the leader of this uh, little farming uh, hamlet is dead, mm-hmm. uh, and her only option is to run. Um don't exactly remember how we get to the next body though which is the next body it's the it's the guy it's the, the guy yeah uh let me think um she, she oh runs... may oh oh uh i think she just peels the skin off or she takes the organs out to transform back into herself back into herself yeah to, to wander the wilderness anonymously again right 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 so she wanders around she finds <laughs> the village and then she lures him with right her, she with, stays nude yeah she stays nude she lures him okay so here's another thing that's really funny like so when she approaches this this uh this guy yeah did you did you see power of the dog no no I no didn't. okay so it 
it's only relevant in the the gayness of it of the scenes that transpire right before she like oh. seduces the guy because like you just see these guys the, the four of funny. them the, the four naked guys yeah they the run, four they guys deliver sunlit yeah yeah, yeah. They're, but they're like you see uh they're you just see their backs they're they're nude so you see butt cheeks and you see their arms in front of them and you just see them gesturing like they're all having a big circle jerk but it's like a lineup and it's kind of like beautifully shot where the sun is coming from yeah. in front of them and their bodies are glowing and they're, they're just, just jerking it. I'm like, having a great time. Fuck? Like, yeah, like, just... this is weird. This is yeah. it's awesome. Like, there's some young, young, horny dudes, you know, just having a good old time. I mentioned uh, the power of the dog because there's like a scene like that. Uh, this like, you know, it's sort of like reminiscent of broke back where there's like, this toxic masculinity that exists, but then within that environment obviously existed men that were attracted to other men and they have to repress it and hide that. Uh, and it's in power of the dog and that drives a lot of the events in that story. And that's part of why uh, Sam Elliott hates it so much. Oh, okay. <laughs> if, you, if you miss any of that, it's a cliff notes version. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so she, she lures him to the river bank uh, where, she lets him uh, like get started, but you know she doesn't really like this, so she just kills him. <laughs> yeah, it's just like she's trying to she's trying it out, but yeah. uh, she's not into it. Yeah, she's not into it. So she she takes this his body, and now he was all already like the dumbest guy on the plantation, <laughs> a, according to the other people, right? And he was always also a horn dog. Uh, he would say <laughs> he, he was he was always chasing tail, according to the other. Uh, uh, the other people in the village. Yeah. And I think it turns out to be the same village, right? Like, just, like, down the road? or it's all I like don't think same, it's very far. It's all it's the all, same yeah. people over and over. Because you definitely see some of the hands from, from the other place uh, in this area. But anyway, um, so, you know, she, uh, you know, so she starts doing, learning the chores of a man. And she, the, all this, all the voiceover now is from this perspective of getting to live life as a man, which is very different from living life as a woman. Um, and after a bit of like working and eating and working and eating and playing, like montage, um, she gets grabbed, by, or he gets grabbed by um, one of the female hands and. Uh, gets ridden in this barn and mm -hmm. oh he she really liked this one <laughs> yeah i was like oh, how the tables have turned <laughs> yeah, so now you kind of like yeah that's just kind of into it she definitely didn't kill this chick <laughs> and so but i mean i feel like there's like subtle commentary or you can interpret that in a certain way where it's like okay so like uh the sexual gratification of a man is easier to obtain right. or simple you know right sure, sure. <laughs> like where she didn't know how to appreciate or accept or be fulfilled through sex acts in any other sure. way or obviously no one was having that with her in any way well, uh so like it's just funny as her as a man now she's like enjoying it uh real right. quickly she's like oh this is how i should feel with this and it was a neat little commentary. You don't have to get yeah. wrapped up into it. You don't have sure. to think crazy about it. But like, she very clearly is into it right. during this sex scene. Well, also, like, if you do want to uh, to to get into it, the when the 
husband forced himself on her. It, it was it was in Numi's body, which was like an older woman's body. And when when she lured him to the riverbank, um, you know, she's in a 16 year old body now, which you know is prob you know they were probably 12 years old getting married back in the 1800s. But like it's taboo uh, in our uh, society, right? So and but it was her seducing him which i guess makes it okay in terms of like modern day interpretation mm-hmm. of this of the scene um right it, yeah, i mean it, she, it, she didn't like it anyway and she killed the guy and, and turned into him but like it's you know it's it's definitely three different perspectives right yeah of sex and how you yeah. perceive she, she, it and, and would, she, your yeah. body would receive yeah. it yeah right um which is neat like they they did a lot of great things in this movie. Um, yeah. So she's the guy. How much longer is she the guy? She's not the guy much longer. It's just uh, more stuff happens. He starts to develop like more rapport or comfort within the village in that role yeah. uh, that she's living, and um, she's getting good at like being uh, just like uh, a human and like doing things. Oh. I guess one big thing we're missing is every once in a while Maria pops in to her new life to have some commentary. Like even as Numi and then again as this dude, Maria comes in and says, "They're all going to turn on you. It's not yeah. going to work out the way you think yeah. it is. They'll they they'll love you one second, they'll burn you at the stake the next." Yeah, she just pops in like, "Hey, yeah. uh, a bad fucking idea. Don't get attached. The, yeah. uh, you're going to get hurt. You're going to hurt others." Very like uh, fairy godmother kind of uh, vibe, right? Uh, from yeah. the from the old maid character at this point. Right. There's even a a brief period of time whenever she was the dude where they were like because he was acting so insane. They're like because he was playing with the dolls and being all stupid yeah. with the dolls. Yeah. They're like they, they did like a a, a seancey type ritual to like rid the spirits right. of his body well and they even, very... they even said they or they hypothesized that he laid with the uh the she-wolf the, the wolf eatress the wolf eatress eatress yeah. yeah which is yeah uh, which is their term for the witch for uh, for the witch mama yeah yeah so uh what happens then is he's sort of just gallivanting across the landscape and a child is running back and it's like she fell she fell there's blood what so there's a boy who gets in trouble for not splitting wood, and uh, and he in in his in his body he splits the wood for for him. <laughs> then, Go on. <laughs> it's just a, it's just something you have to say because of oh, all no right one so. Cares. So uh, yes, she she fell and she's hurt and we need help and he runs over there and she's already dead. Yeah, um, last mo- last of the Mohican style fucking yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh she dead, she dead. So she seizes an opportunity to live another life as a as a young girl. Um, so she stuffs herself full of new organs. Uh, Biliana, Biliana. Yeah. Uh, is is for new identity. Biliana, yeah, Biliana. Um, and uh, yeah, she comes back into the and now the accident, the fall, is the excuse for the uh, not able to talk and maybe right. a, l- a little bit of weirdness before she kind of settles in. 
Um, but although she she's been you know acting or learning, I should say, uh, for a while now, so she's pretty good in the Biliana body. Like she she knows what's up, and this is like this is like her ecstasy where we get a montage of her playing with other girls and like actually getting to have a childhood which she didn't have because she was in the, yeah. in that cave and yeah her mother robbed her of that thinking she was protecting her from well, the witch really what she was doing was trying to to save herself or save herself mm-hmm. in a way of of I can't lose my daughter which was right. very very selfish uh um <clears throat> so she she literally lives this life. She grows up as Biliana and she falls in love with the boy who she helped chop wood as a man in the other life, uh in the other body, um with him him all grown up and they get married and they get pregnant and well, you I'm know. so glad that you're that you're rushing this part because like because there's so much going on. There's really it, you don't have to get into the weeds with that relationship a ton. But yeah, you're right. Right. Uh, they get married uh, and everything, and so well. well actually, actually, there there's one thing I did glaze over that we should go back to before we before we continue, and that's Wait. the uh, the the Maria story, Maria's story. Okay, but yeah, so so let's do Maria's story because more or less uh, she's pregnant. They're living a good life. They're happy. They're content. Um, and she's like, she's enjoying life and things are working out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So now now, uh, we will get back to Maria's story. So we'll go back to Maria. Oh, how do we get, we, how do we get Maria's story is by the child, the child, Biliana. Biliana, There's an evening where they're all at the campfire and all the kids are clamoring story. We want a fairy tale. Not this one. No, not that one. Tell us the one of the old maid, mama. Maria. Yeah. Well, Grandma, tell us that one. She's like, she's like, okay, I guess I'll tell you this terrifying fucking story <laughs> this before bedtime. Story. Telling these Jesus kids Christ! Story. Yeah. Okay. So we Ooh. have this. We have this woman who lives alone with her father in the middle of nowhere, and she, you know, she seems like a cool lady, and she's, but she's so, she's so lonely, and. um she just wants all, a husband. There's no all the boys have uh, all the men of age have like been married off and have gone living their lives. She's yeah. all alone, taking care of her ailing father. Yeah. Until a a a person comes to the house, and says that they have a nephew, um, right. that is keen to be wed, and I'm just here to speak for them. Uh, uh, we you, off you, we would love for your daughter yep. to come in to to wed and to have a life and to. Yeah. To continue on your family. So, uh, so she she agrees. He goes along, yeah. He yeah, goes she, along with it. But she's she, betrothed. Yeah, she comes. She just comes out of the hut uh, randomly, right? And he and gets. This is where she gets uh, the the spit. Oh 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 oh. Um. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I think she, you're right. She's just like. Walking her grounds, either right before this guy shows up or right yeah. after, yeah. Yeah, she's like uh, walking the grounds, and you see a naked, an old naked woman, sucking the blood out of some dead animal. Uh, comes comes up covered in blood, walks up to her, scratches her chest, sp- 
spits blood on it and just keeps walking. Doesn't say yeah. what. Yeah. <laughs> just, That's it. Hey, there you go. And she's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, and that was it, yeah. Because you only get one. You only get one. <laughs> one witching spit, correct. One witching spit. So, um, so yeah, Maria has that now, and yeah. she doesn't know anything ab- about what that all means. Like, right. she doesn't uh, – yeah, so. She doesn't get it. So she goes to the She gets married. Yeah, she yeah. goes to get to the, the husband's uh, the town husband. or village. And he's on his deathbed. He's on his deathbed. He's dying. Uh, he's su- sweating uh, the disgusting fever. I'm going to guess tuberculosis. Some uh, awful fucking yeah. disease. That's, and, what, that's uh, my guess based on the time. Everyone, there are several adults in the room that are like, you can't let this guy die with being a half man. A he half needs man. to seed a seed. woman in order to move on to peacefully in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> So they hold her down, and then they also they also move him, and they they move him in all the motions, and hold her down and forcibly rape her with his body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it was yeah. crazy. One of the crazier yeah. things I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie did not shy away from like the depravity of the Stark horror that would have occurred in this culture in the time period yeah historically yeah. yeah you know it's like what you would envision like like mongol empires were raping and pillaging just yeah. in your face overt fucking awfulness but uh, not like not like six people holding one person down and put and actually doing like, yeah thrusting the other person so anyway that cuts to uh to him being buried which mm-hmm. cut which cuts to her Flu symptoms, sick, dying, deathbed, uh, and yeah. who knows if she even got pregnant. Right, and so then I think what happens is she finds the urge to satiate her hunger. Isn't that correct? What, right. what transpires with them taking her where they take her? Uh, she goes and feeds off like a livestock. Yep. And. Gets quenches power. her thirst for blood, yeah. gets power. She's covered in blood to to heal or whatever, you know. If you think of the lore of what this might be doing, sort of like vampiric, but also in, uh, and they come across her and they they're like, well, this is not good. You just yeah. drank the blood of this animal. You're a witch. Let's burn her at the stake. Right. So they burn her at the stake. Yeah, they yeah. set up the a crucifix, but yeah. she's on a ladder, and yeah. they descend the ladder over a giant yeah. uh, fire. Yeah. And this scene ends, and the story ends, with the villagers running away and out of town from this woman in flames, just walking after them. And this is where I will bring this up... Is the be- All right, this is the other CG scene, yes. <laughs> Correct. Yes. How you did not have this at the forefront of your mind because you hate CG. I'm like, wait, he's not going to mention that? <laughs> I knew you just forgot about it. Yeah, for I second. definitely just forgot about it. <laughs> because this was the this is where I was like, you didn't have to fucking do that. Yeah. Don't show me inflamed woman face on where there's flames whipping around her and she's emoting her face facial just like as she walks like don't do that just they had a shot from behind where it was just a figure with flames and it was out of focus 
That was perfect. That was Just fine. do that. Don't show yeah. me it from the fucking front where you got to yeah. do all the CG work because it's not a burn where everyone's like, you know, it's not like Michael Myers telling to explosion dummy uh, guy stuntman and wrapped in flames. Like, you, it just doesn't make sense. It, you're not right. letting yourself. Uh, don't even bother doing it. I didn't think there was a need. You get that she's a tragic character already. Yeah. Everything that's ever happened. You don't have to show right. her face. Oh, I'm so sad. I'm in fire. Why? Right. Like so, you didn't have to do that. So now, so now we, you know, we got we got the fire, but now we know why. And then we get her backstory. It makes her a little more sympathetic. Um, I mean, not that you ever side with her for a second, but it helps you understand how she was betrayed by humanity and, right. and and why she was trying to instill this independence in um or this so-called independence in um we'll call her Billyana now um which is which is the so this is like the funny not funny but like this is like where the story came together for me and this like how I interpreted it and, and how I, I really enjoyed it was uh, she referred to, um, not she, Maria referred to Biliana uh, skin jumping through all these different human lives as, as going from one prison to another. Yeah. Um, where, whereas at the end of this movie, um, it turns out that Biliana was free the whole time and that Maria was really imprisoned by her her own jealousy of Biliana's ability to to be so free or free spirited but also her inability to forgive the these horrible people who happen to have wronged her and move on uh, mm-hmm. from these events and maybe you know, reintegrate into a human society where she could have had a good life. Um, and that's kind of like <clears throat> the quote-unquote moral of the story, the message. That's what I took away um, at the end and uh, and what made me really, really enjoy this story um, is where is where it ended up. So let's, yeah. uh, let's go over the, uh, the events of the, uh, the, the climax. Yeah. Right, yeah, the finality, because um, I can't think of the exact finality of what happens, so we're going to walk through it. Uh, I'm sure it'll, I'll get there. Okay. So uh, we jump back to uh, Bilyana's story, where she's um, impending birth of a child is going right. to be happening. She's she's with child uh, from the, the young boy. Uh, it might be Boris, I can't tell on the IMDb. They're, I think it doesn't really matter. He doesn't have a name. But they're like stupidly in love too. And Yo, they yeah, there's, yeah, because they're both dim-witted for the most right, part. Right, right. Like, he doesn't talk. He, he was, doesn't talk either. He has no dialogue yeah. in the movie. They, they're just perfectly mm-hmm. in love, and I think they mm-hmm. they show that uh, very well. Um, yeah. Uh, and she has the baby, and I think it's yeah. the it's the eve of. The baby being born, the baby gets put into some kind of uh, bassinet of some kind, right? Mm-hmm. And and she's like, "Where's where's my husband? What's what's going on here?" Um, and she hears like a scream, and she gets up and she goes down, and she sees a boar, and the boar looks at her, and the boar's got blood in in its mouth, and the boar looks at her, 
and just walks away. And you know right away that that boar, that's old Maria. Yeah. Um, she comes over. She finds her dead husband. Uh, she immediately goes back to the baby. There's Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got, you know, a thousand questions. Uh, you know, like how? So I, I just said it in my little wrap up. How was it so easy right. for you? How was it so easy for you? She just couldn't. She just couldn't let go. She couldn't move on. Yeah. I mean, the event, the events that happened to her, because we do get the story. They they were super tragic, and like you can understand, like. Right. There is some some fucked up shit happened to her. Um, yeah, and I think it really is about, you know, like the point in time at which she was transformed. You know, she was already kind of experienced life in this way, and this awful thing that she didn't understand happened to her, and she didn't have anyone guide her through what that meant. Like the, the witch that gave the witching spit to her did not impart any heads up as to what the fuck that meant for her. Right, um, right. And she would just have to live through whatever agony was going to befall her um, because there is no, it seems like, you know, there's no escape, right? right. You're destined to a life of, uh, to an immortality and, you know, Highlander-esque where you're just going to be, you could be miserable forever because right. uh, you have to live all these lifetimes. So they, yeah, they, she didn't have that. And so the events of then the village turning on her, it was just so scarring the, the wedding that was under false pretenses where she was hopeful for a moment and then this witch does this to her and then she goes there and it's not what she thinks and then they turn on her but she's just reacting bodily to what this other fucking character did to her. So she's completely the victim of everything that's occurred and then to then be punished uh, so uh, horrifically by those that were supposed to protect her uh, and give her, uh, you know... um, sanctuary she it's understand that it just it planted a seed where it was just revenge yeah and no i yeah, mean you just... you do feel bad for her in the end i mean you never mm-hmm. side with her but you definitely understand her um especially with the final dialogue or i should say monologue because obviously <laughs> billy does not, <laughs> doesn't talk no. back she just kind of you know uh listens to what she has to say because then she kills the baby and uh, Biliana kills Maria, mm-hmm. and then uh, Biliana uses her witching spit to bring her baby back to life. Yeah, and um, and that's where the movie ends. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a tr- it's a tragedy, yeah, uh, clearly. Tragedy, drama. I wouldn't call it a horror. Once again, the horror no. de- the horror device was necessary to tell the story. How is she going to body jump? How is she going to learn all of these things? The question is answered by a shape-shifting ability of some kind. This is how they went. They went to go with the witch because then they get the the evil stepmother figure and they get all sorts of uh, you know other uh, things they get to do where they get to animal shift, human shift, etc. Um, right? She gets to be the boar to kill the husband. Like It's a device to tell this really great story, um, which, once again, I thought the story was phenomenal. Uh, as a horror movie, I mean, I can't... <laughs> I can't say that it was a horror movie or give it a good rating as a horror film. Um, 
as a movie, I'm I'm definitely landing on an eight, and I would absolutely suggest that you watch this movie. It is it's it's fantastic. So I'm gonna feel differently about it. Uh, talking about it and working through uh, definitely warmed me to it, uh, and revisiting it and rehashing it and thinking about it with you. It I've softened what I originally rated it as for sure. Um, but ultimately I feel, uh, it's definitely, uh, far too long for what it's doing. And it could have probably been shortened by a good 20 minutes. Um, cause there's plenty of scenes where it's just the girl wandering and it's slow or there's lots of scenes where she's just acting, acting really weird with whatever body she's in. So I feel like it could have been shortened a bit that would have made it more palatable because to be honest, uh, I was just like, hey, come on, let's keep going. Like, I get it. Yes, this is a shitty environment. Now you're seeing it through this person, shitty environment in this person. And like, as beautiful as some of the words were and as some of the, some of the sentences, uh, it wasn't as engaging throughout. Uh, so uh, I'm landing at a five for it. I originally gave it a four. Uh, it's middle of the road. Like I can appreciate and understand film uh i don't think that it's anything remarkably groundbreaking and overall it's just where i want it and for sure it's it's not a horror and it's not getting disc points because of that uh clearly but yeah just middle of the road uh i don't think i would recommend people watching it but i, I think uh it's still valid uh for what it was doing uh i'm thinking if i would have uh I don't. I wonder what I gave all the moons because you know it's hard to not think of the two of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think they were very similar. I think I gave all the moons a seven. So I mean, I just had. Yeah. I think this. They're very similar to each other. Yeah. This movie was a little better. Not a lot better, but a little better. I think I liked moons more because I think for me it was moons uh, sort of symbolism that existed with uh, like for me like the baptismal washing of the rebirth at the end of that movie for this character that I like more. And right. maybe I just like the vampire mythos over the, uh, yeah. more over this kind of, although again, points to this kind of envisioning, uh, like, yeah, as much as it was a plot device, the, it was pretty fucking cool. And uh, honestly, uh, creative. like, honestly, like all the moons cursed and, uh, you won't be alone there. I mean, I might buy them all, and they'll just sit right next to each other on a shelf, you know? Like They are a <laughs> a certain kind of, like, reinvention yeah. of traditional genre, uh, what would be, you know, tropes or subgenres within horror, uh, but just done in a different kind of uh, way. The the only so. the only difference between those three movies that's glaring is that Curse is, uh, is American. Uh, if Curse was a foreign film sure. with subtitles, um, I, the movie is probably better, <laughs> and uh, and more fitting in that in that in that set of three. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I guess that'll wrap up uh, today's episode. Let's touch on next week. I believe Firestarter comes out on the thirteenth. Right. Oh. Uh, oh. Okay. Oh, so that's after next week. Okay. So never mind. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, next week's the 10th. Okay. I'm I'm a week ahead. Never mind. In two weeks from now, we'll be discussing Firestarter. Uh, that means I have no idea what's coming out for next week. 
Yeah. Uh, well, we I had mentioned a horror comedy that I came across that looked like it was fun that's hitting streaming uh, very soon. Uh, what the hell was that one called? Uh, oh, oh, let the wrong uh, let one the in. Let the wrong one in. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, it sounds like that should be really fun, <laughs> but yeah, who knows? Yeah, you know. no, that's, that does sound good. Um, so yeah, let the wrong one in. Obviously, uh, a play on let the right one in, which was a sort of like it's the the modern day pinnacle vampire movie. Uh, that's sort of like tragic but beautiful and uh, subtle, but just in dark. It kind of reinvented vampire or or reinvigorated the genre, the subgenre for vampire movies. I think right. Because uh, I, I think we're at like a big lull. Oh, you still so, never saw still it? I haven't seen it, man. Uh, it's right, it's right, on my list. My I think that's one of the ones you you tried to loan me or tried to make me watch a few years back. Do you? Uh, well, I know you still have a stack of a couple movies of mine. I, I do have a stack. I think it's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. stack. It's just and I think in that I think stack too. It might be, and I think They Live is in that stack. And I've been wanting to watch They Live with Sarah. Oh, I love They Live. What a great movie. <laughs> yeah, so class. That's beautiful. John Carpenter. Um, hey, John Carpenter also, I think, did uh, some of the soundtrack in Firestarter. Oh, okay. He did the soundtrack for something we just watched. Um, I saw his name in it. It might have been... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It uh, wasn't, might, wasn't porno. It was something recent. What did we do recently? Was it X? Yeah. Uh, or Studio 666, he, maybe? Studio 666. He was, yeah. uh, he was in it in part. Yeah, the not the not uh, heavy metal music he did. <laughs> right. Um, so. All right. So once again, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Um, we have no idea what we're going to do next week, but stay tuned to the Twitter to find out. Um, that is, is it Podrec deceased? I think it's Podrec deceased. Yes, Podrec deceased. All At right. Podrec deceased. Episode twenty in the can. For oh wait wait wait. Is everybody watching Joe Bob? Have you watched Joe Bob? New season of Joe Bob started last Friday, guys. <laughs> yeah, last drive-in. Yep, was his uh, 40th anniversary and his 100th episode. Um, and they did uh, they did the original Night of the Living Dead, um, where he has so much to say. There, that man is a fountain of information. He he knows so much more about that movie than I ever could have wa- even wanted to know. It's uh, definitely worth just checking in for the history. Of of Romero's uh, Night of the Living Dead. For the podcast for the recently deceased, I'm Nate Roberts, and I'm Rodney Godek. Take care, and we'll see you next week.